finding companies that align with my values and those skills, reaching out to, you know, those companies specific to roles that are aligned with, with those skills and my values and tailoring my approach to my personality and how that would fit in with those companies. There are so many choices to make when you're looking for a job, not just on what to do, but how to do it. You want to look interested, but not desperate. You want to be assertive, but not pushy. We all get lots of advice from well-meaning friends, spouses, family. How do you know what the right steps are for you? Hi, this is Diana Brunello O'Leary, and welcome back to another episode of Job Talk Weekly, where we answer your questions to accelerate your job search. Today, we talk with Natalie in Los Angeles about adapting her approach to suit her personality, values, and goals. Before we get started, I want to thank you all for listening. I hope this podcast has been really helpful. Remember, we want to hear from you. And in particular, we've picked up new listeners from Canada, and I would love to hear how that job market is different than here in the U.S., So if you are one of our new listeners from Ontario or Alberta, please visit our website, jobtalkweekly.com, and send us a quick message. Okay, let's jump in. Standing out in the job market is key. We're going to talk with Natalie in Los Angeles about her job search. Hey, Natalie, welcome to Job Talk Weekly. Hey, Diana. I'm um, excited to be here to chat with you. Great. Well, tell us what's on your mind. What's the first question that you need help with? Yeah, so I have been finding it really hard in today's market to figure out how to stand out with my resume and cover letter. Um, I guess I'm just not sure if companies are looking to really hone in on specialized skills, a more general balance of skill set, or how eye-catching a cover letter needs to be. I kind of struggled with figuring out what my, my style is to stand out. Yeah, yeah. And the cover letter is a very popular question right now. Let's take this one at a time. Let's talk about the resume, and then we'll talk about the cover letter. So for the resume, to stand out, you want to highlight accomplishments. You definitely want to tell your story. So telling your professional experience up front, using their language, you know, use some of the words that they're describing in the job description. See if some of those words can appear on your resume too. So you'll want to list your professional experience, but if you can, try and use some of the accomplishments that were key for that job, whether it was increasing sales or increasing leads or, you know, uh, brought a new product to market. You know, something that really highlights one or two things, but you're still listing your work experience because at the end of the day, they still want to see, okay, can this person do the job? Have they done similar things? So don't take away from the actual work experience, but do highlight a few accomplishments. Okay. And so, and and you would probably say that, you know, is it better to keep it really concise and kind of remove the more minutiae tasks and just keep it high level or, you know, how, how long should these descriptions be? Oh yeah. That's a great question too. Think of the work you want to do. So if there's minutiae that you've done and you don't want to do it anymore, don't don't put it on your resume you know? <laughs> because you don't want them 
diving down to the lowest level of work that you've done. Now, there's a balance here, right? Because you want them to know that you know a certain software, let's say, or that you know Excel, right? But you don't want to be the data entry person and you don't want to be the go-to person just to do PowerPoints. You want to be the head of sales or you want to be driving the strategy. So just make sure that you mention those things on the bottom in your skill set, but that your bullet points really focus on the big picture. Describe things in the highest level you can. And, you know, a, a recruiter only spends a few seconds, 10 seconds maybe, glancing at the resume before he or she decides if they're going to give it a really in-depth look. So make sure that the first two or three bullets under your professional experience are the great ones. Those are the things that you are really good at and those are the things that you want to pursue. Make sure they're top of mind. And I know that might sound like common sense, but sometimes people feel the need to stick to chronological order or something. But just it's okay to put those big things up front. So that's what they see. And I don't think you can have enough numbers. I think anytime that you have metrics, any numbers, any increased by a certain percentage, percentage, you know, those are really helpful as well. Okay, that's really good to know. Um, and then, and what what are your thoughts on, you know, the, the format of your resume? So I've been playing around with, you know, having a more traditional looking resume. And then I've also upgraded, if you will, to having something that looks a little bit more creative and edgy and a little bit more designed. Yeah. Is the flashier resume or the more designed resume a turnoff or is that kind of the direction? You know, it really depends. And think about the company you're applying for. If you're applying to a bank, you know, a longstanding institution like a university, you kind of can't go wrong with the more traditional, just black and white, Times Roman font, something that is very clear and easy to read, but doesn't have more of the flashy symbols or elements, the graphic elements that some people are using. A little bit of graphic element is okay. And especially if you are applying for a creative job, they're going to want to see something a little bit more creative. But just don't get so carried away. Don't use more than one color. You know, your text should always be black text on a white background, maybe a little color block on top for your name to highlight, but really make sure that your experience is very easy to read. And then show it to a few friends. You know, ask some friends who have been hired, maybe someone who's been in, in the job search mode recently, give them your resume and have them take a look and, and say, you know, I'm not going to ask you any questions. I just want you to look at it and give me your first impressions and see what they say too, because they've been out there. Oh, that is such good advice. Actually, I always forget to, you know, ask within my network for advice on something like this. I feel like as friends, it's kind of this area that we don't really talk about is our resume and what our resume looks like. We're just kind of all in silos looking for work. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to be able to get, you know, that third opinion from someone who you trust. And this is also a way to continue the conversation about networking and about your job search. Because sometimes, I mean, think of it, you have really great friends and you kind of know what they do, but not always. You don't know exactly what they do day to day. I mean, yeah. let's face it, you're laughing. I know I know you get that. So if you show them your resume, they'll say, well, I didn't know you had all this social media experience. You should talk to so-and-so. You know, it's a way, it's a very subtle way to get out in front of your own friends. That way they're thinking about you. And maybe not in the moment. Maybe they won't have an exact lead 
at that moment. But as they're working and a couple weeks later, maybe a month down the road, something opens up at their company or they hear about something, now they have a better understanding of your own skills. Yeah. Oh, so true. Actually, you're inspiring me to write down a few names now of people I want to reach out to. So oh, this yeah. is good. Good, good. Ultimate question. I think, um, do you include a picture of yourself or not include a picture of yourself? And I got to say, I have seen so many websites where it's very polarized, right? People are saying, yes, you should do a professional picture and other websites saying, you know, absolutely not. So what, what is your take on this? Well, my first answer is God, no. Um, I do remember when we were doing college recruiting and I was interviewing kids who were in their senior year looking to join a management program. And at that time, they used to include pictures. But I have not seen a picture on a resume in more than 20 years. So I think you're, you're safer off without it. Okay, good. <laughs> Unless it's a headshot and you're applying for an actress, that's a whole different job. That's, but that's not what you're talking about here. No, definitely not going for that industry. (laughs) And then with regards to a cover letter, um, this is somewhere that I've kind of struggled to find my voice because applying for jobs can take so much time because you're researching the company and you want to be really specific to that company in your cover letter. Is there a format or some kind of a roadmap that you would recommend in writing out the cover letter? I guess would be my first question. And then I guess the follow-up would be, do you want to be really kind of edgy and out there or do you want to be more traditional here too? Yeah, do you want to play it safe? You know, part of that question has to suit your personality. Now, for me, I would rather play it safe. Um, But again, this has to be your authentic voice. But one thing to remember about the cover letter, which is something you should do, there's no guarantee that they're going to read it. As a recruiter, as someone who's done hiring, and I get, let's say I get an email, and I get two documents, the resume and the cover letter, I'm going to go straight to the resume. And if I like what I see, and I'm intrigued, then I'm going to open the cover letter. So don't bury anything in the cover letter that is critical. If it's really important to that job that you're applying to, make sure it's on the resume first. And then use your cover letter as a way to express your interest, what you could bring to them. You know, you have a certain experience that they're really looking for, and you've closed these deals before. You've opened new stores in regions before. You know, make sure it's on your resume, but you can reiterate it in the cover and show your interest, show your passion, and make it concise. I mean, really, it can't be more than just a brief intro. Here's why I'm interested and I'd really love to bring my skills to your company and here's how I can be reached. So don't sweat too much the cover letter because I got to tell you, a lot of them just don't even get opened. Wow. Okay. That's good to know. I know. That's so painful. (laughs) It is because, you know, a lot of you spend so much time and energy in a cover letter because it's the most tailored aspect to you know each company that you're applying for so it's it's good to know that you want to really spend a lot of your time and energy on the resume yeah i mean it is unfortunate because you're also going to have to probably spend time online with some online applications sometimes you have to send a resume and then they give you their website where you have to plug in but it's it's just the investment of time that you have to do right now so i would focus more on the resume. Say I've got my perfect resume. I've got, 
you know, I've highlighted my accomplishments and everything's ready to go. I've noticed that in my job search, you know, I've, I've kind of been searching for job titles um, rather than companies. And by doing this, I've actually discovered a lot of companies that I had never heard of that seem like really great, say mid-size, smaller, or even that larger size um, level of business. Um, what would your advice be on how to research and identify ideal companies to work for? Oh, that's a great question because you're going to spend a lot of time in your job search. You want to find the right fit because it is a tough job market right now, but it will balance out. Things will get better and you want to be there for the long haul. So finding a company that really lines up with your values, you like the culture, there's opportunity down the road. I think that's going to be really important for your job satisfaction, right? So Mm -hmm. start with your own interests, you know, and sometimes it's easy to decide who not to apply for. Like if you're not into smoking and you would never work for a tobacco company, right? You know, what are the companies and institutions that you would never work for? But then start hunting in on your own interests. Are you into fashion? Are you into sports? Are you into media? You know, start thinking about those things and even really just look around your own house. What are the products and things that you use that inspire you? And if some of these companies are in your area, because eventually, you know, I do see a time when we're going back to our corporate offices in some shape or form, just start honing that list and just think to yourself, gosh, I would really love to work for X or some of the things that really inspire you and just start with a list. And then when you start doing that research, you'll build on it from there. That's really good advice. And then like, so say you're creating this, this list of ideal companies, you know, do you recommend kind of Should I be focused on their website or should I be focused on their LinkedIn, for example? Or, um, you know, I know there's so many websites out there that kind of give you a a picture of a company like LinkedIn, Glassdoor or their own website. Like how do you kind of efficiently go through that process? That is such a great question because so many people go down the rabbit hole of research And let's say they want to work at Chase Bank and then all of a sudden three hours later, they're still on the Chase Bank website. So you don't want to do that. You definitely want to check out their website to see what's happening. You want to check out their career page to see if they have any listings. And then for the top companies that you're really interested in, then follow them on LinkedIn, follow them on Twitter. You know, we had a career counselor on the show a couple weeks ago, and that was one of her tidbits that a lot of other people didn't think about because companies are posting more on Twitter and on Instagram, on Facebook. Most companies have a Facebook page. So try not to inundate yourself with every single company. But if there's a top five that you're really interested in, follow them online. That way you can have an informed conversation when you hopefully do have an interview with these companies. Or it manages your expectations. If you are following them in the news and you see that they just laid off Uh, a thousand people, that they just closed an office or that they're announcing that they're closing their stores, then you know you can focus your efforts elsewhere. The most important thing right now is time, isn't it? Is how much time you spend, as you said, um, dedicated to the research and applying stages. And try and make it quality time. Try and really make it focused time. You know, I had someone ask me 
how many resumes should I send out in a week? And I don't think it's about the numbers. I think it's about the right fit. And if you are sending out just hundreds of resumes just because, you'll feel so dejected because you'll say, Mm -hmm. oh, I sent out 100 resumes and nothing happened. Well, yeah, because those weren't really strong fits for you. I'd rather have people spend the time to really hone in on places where they could be a good fit and send out resumes to those places. And then that manages your own expectations and you're really focusing your efforts on those companies. I'd rather have you focus in on a top 20 of companies where you follow some of them on LinkedIn and Twitter and you really pay attention to what's happening than try to follow 100 companies on the surface. Mm, Yeah. Kind of be more specific to your needs rather than just fishing with, you know, tons of bait and waiting to to catch a fish. Exactly. You just you want to be more targeted. You want to be more targeted. And then say you like say I find a list of say my top 5 companies and I'm I'm starting the process of okay, I got I I want to reach out. I want to see what careers they have. Is it more beneficial for me to once I've identified these companies to try to find the right hiring manager or the person that I should be connecting to via say a LinkedIn, or should I be applying directly with the company and then trying to find this person and saying, Hey, just reaching out. I've already sent my application. Like, I guess like there's, is there a protocol of being too aggressive with, you know, following up on a resume, or is it better to reach out to somebody or find the right person within that organization and then apply? First, you want to show that you can follow instructions. So if they have an opening and it says, do this, then do exactly what they tell you to do. Go ahead Mm -hmm. and apply. Don't reach out to the HR manager. Now, maybe after two or three weeks and you haven't heard, then you can send an email follow-up to the HR manager with your resume again, just to say, you know, I applied for this position. I just want to reiterate that I'm really interested. If you have any questions or if you want to set up a phone screen, I'd be happy to talk. But follow their instructions first. Be careful about messaging them directly because it really depends on the person. I think of my own LinkedIn account, and when I get a message from someone that I don't know, so often it just ends up in my email junk and I don't even see it. So then you'll feel, again, that you've tried and they're ignoring you. And it's not that they're ignoring you. They're just not looking at that email. They're not paying attention to that as their source for people. And again, I don't want folks to be really disappointed or dejected. So I I would stay focused on their instructions. Where I would focus my time is, okay, again, I want to go work for Coca-Cola. Who do I know? Who do I know in that area? Try and get yourself two to three degrees of separation away from someone who might know someone at the company. That way you can at least start having a conversation or maybe you can get the inside scoop. I mean, if you were to find someone who says, yeah, I think you should contact so-and-so and use my name, goodness, that is the jackpot. I mean, that would be your ultimate. And you'll hear a lot of stats, but most HR managers and recruiters say that so many jobs come from the network. They come from who you know. So that's why constantly being in touch with your friends, with whoever you know on LinkedIn, whatever type of alumni groups you have, whether they're social or education, really working those networks to try and find someone. 
the theme I'm hearing is networking is really is really key and just seeing how far that can get you too. Yeah, focus your networking. So if you have a friend who works in education, they work in universities, you know, focus your conversation there on something that's a real target for them. Whereas if you have a friend who works in gaming, you know, maybe you're talking about entirely different skills. So make it easy for them too to understand what you're looking for. Yes, yeah, that is really good advice. With regards to, I like, I like, you know, understanding the protocol and and communication, right? Like like you're advising that it's better to follow the rules that they've set. Don't try and be too aggressive on say like a LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook accounts and wait for that contact. If say you have no network within that organization, say I get that initial contact and I have an interview. So this has actually, you know, happened to me you know, in in the past few months when I've been interviewing and they say, oh, you know, we'll be in touch over the next few days to a week. You know, how often should I be following up with them? How soon should I be sending that post, you know, say phone call interview, thank you email? And um, is there, you know, do they like it when you're eager or is, is that seen as too, too, too much or too desperate, if you will? Right. Again, it does depend on the match. If you're a salesperson, they're going to want to see someone who is assertive. But back up a little bit, because if you are having a phone screen or a first interview, which is terrific, before you end that conversation, ask them what the timeline is. And is it okay if I follow up with you in two weeks if I haven't heard? Then you get their permission or you get their understanding of how they want you to proceed. I think following up within two weeks is totally acceptable if you haven't heard anything. And then still, if you haven't heard anything after two weeks, maybe one more check-in. And then after that, I think if you've already talked to them and they haven't followed up, they are either moving on to other candidates or whatever's happening at that company, they're they're talking to other people. And I know that sounds hard because that's I've been in both places before, but if it's taking a long time and they haven't given you an answer, it could be because they're working their way through other candidates. And maybe they made an offer to someone and that person hasn't accepted yet. So they don't want, they don't want to turn you down. They want to keep you out there, but they don't want to tell you no entirely. So, you know, be polite and don't forget, maybe it's not this job, but maybe something else opens up in six months. So still be really polite, be very professional. And if they say no or if they never get back to you, you know, you understand then now how this company operates. But maybe you've made an introduction that can help you down the road. Yeah, actually, that's that's a good point, because I my next question was going to be, say, I found this like dream five companies and I managed to succeed with an interview, but then potentially, you know, down the line, it's not a good fit and they don't, you know, they don't contact me anymore or pursue, pursue me for that position. Is it then ideal or not ideal to keep applying for other positions, say, with that same company? Or is that seen as, you know, do, do hiring managers appreciate that? Or do you think that, you know, give it time or what, what's the best kind of system there? I think it's totally fine 
to go to that hiring manager and say, you know, I know this other position didn't work out, but I see you also have this other position. I just wanted you to know that I was really impressed by the company. I enjoyed our conversation and I'd be interested in talking to you about that one too. So you don't really have to apply all over again unless they ask you to. If they say, well, please send us a resume or please apply online again, um, especially some big organizations that have an applicant tracking system, they're going to force you to apply online no matter what. But I think it's fine to follow up with whoever you talk to. If it's a big company, you might have an HR manager or hiring manager that says, you know, that's not my division, but feel free to apply or feel free to talk to this person. And then go ahead and reference that. Say, you know, I spoke to Jane earlier in the year, but I'm really, you know, interested in this position that you have over here. And don't don't dwell on the first interview. Just pivot directly to the conversation about the new opening. Right. Yeah. And just constantly keep things professional, right? Yeah, Always professional. I know. And it's so hard. But, you know, something will eventually open up and you just don't know if it's that job that day or six months down the road. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, this this, you know, covid um, pandemic that we're in, I think, is kind of it's been a little more challenging in the job hunt because even some positions kind of come up open and I might be able to interview for them. But then a few weeks later, they've had to close the position due to uncertainty. Yeah. Um, and so I've been trying to maintain relationships and just checking in every, you know, so often with their permission, um, just to maintain like, you know, um, that point of contact and, and, you know, if something does open up being top of mind, would, would you agree with that tactic? Oh, yeah, definitely. Stay in touch with people, especially those you've already met. And if you are following a company or a certain leader online, if you're following them on LinkedIn or Instagram, it's okay to like their post, make a comment on it, to be present, to be top of mind. That's okay, too. Um, But we are in this real marathon here, so you never know what's going to happen. And each industry has a different timeline. Like I was talking to someone about university hiring, as a matter of fact, And a Mm -hmm. lot of colleges were on hold until September 1st because they weren't sure which students were actually going to show up, right? You know, you apply for college in the fall, but you don't know where you're going to be until May 1st is when you start setting deposits. But so much changed this summer that universities didn't know what their budgets were until the fall. So once they're settled a little bit, they'll have an understanding of which jobs they can remain open, which jobs they might have to close. So it is really cyclical. So the more you can sort of stay in tune with people who know that industry, maybe they have some insight for you, but that is going to happen. And so that's why it's important for you to stay out there and keep looking until you have a signed offer in hand. Um, Even if you've interviewed five times with the same company and you think it's going great, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And you don't want to be in that place where you've slowed down your recruiting, you've slowed down your hiring elsewhere, you haven't applied to a lot of positions, and then that job doesn't come through. So just keep on it until you have the final job offer in hand. That is gold. Absolutely. You don't want to you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought, oh, I was going to get this job and then it didn't happen. And then I was like, oh, now what am I going to do? So <laughs> keep it positive. Keep going as long as you can and keep talking to as many people in your network as possible. Yes. Oh, this is such good advice. I can't thank you enough for helping answer some of these questions, because, you know, I think that 
I guess my takeaway from like this conversation is that I've got to map out what my highlighted skill set is, where I want to be in my career based on the skills that I want to continue working with. Yeah. Um, you know, finding companies that align with my values and those skills, reaching out to, you know, those companies specific to roles that are aligned with with those skills and my values and tailoring my approach to my personality and how that would fit in with those companies. So there isn't really kind of one size fits most, I think, um, when it comes to job searching and building your resume. Um, but I think what you've given me is like a real a toolkit and how I can just map it out so that once I've mapped it out, it'll be a much more efficient process. I hope so. And that's how we operate the podcast, too, is through answering your personalized questions that maybe it gives other people who are in somewhat of a similar position some more guidance that is relevant to them because it is not one size fits all. But you do need some guardrails. You do need a bit of a roadmap to get you where you're going and then you can keep tweaking it as you go along. Oh, that's so good. It kind of makes me, it makes it feel less overwhelming. <laughs> well, and that's part of it too, is, you know, staying in touch with your friends and family. What's your support network? Who's there to boost you on those days when you just don't feel like anything is clicking and someone there to high five you when something does click? Right. Yeah. Don't like, don't do it as a silo, right? Yeah. Like really lean into your network, even if it's just for support. Yeah, yeah. Share your rejection letters on Fridays. You know, have a Zoom call where someone if you're if you're even getting rejection emails because some companies aren't even responding, you know, but you know, share once a week with your friends just the craziest thing that happened to you in in the workforce, the craziest thing that someone said during your job search or something funny that, you know, can at least make you laugh and get you through those long days. It feels really nice to know that there's somebody out there that's like, oh, I'm, I'm helping you out too. And I'm, I'm looking for you and I'm throwing some suggestions your way that you might not have thought of. That is a really healthy mindset. That is a really healthy way to approach it. Do not compete with your friends because there's one job and there's one person that's going to match up. And I know sometimes you might think, well, two of us might have the same skill sets, but everyone's different, just like relationships. You know, there's only one person right for you, right? Yes. Um, so d I think that's great. Yes, share idea with your friends. You never know where it'll lead. Diana, this has been so good. I, I can't tell you how appreciative I am of, um, of this information. Well, this has been a real fun talking to you, Natalie, and I hope a lot of other people will benefit from the questions that you've asked. So thanks for taking the time to call us. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, I will keep you updated with my job search, maybe offline. <laughs> yes, please do. Stay in touch. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Job Talk Weekly. Get your questions answered by visiting our website. That's jobtalkweekly.com. And we'd love it if you would please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can find Job Talk Weekly on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diana Brunello-Leary. See you next time.